Number four. Think of towns in your public imagine ruins, roofless houses, dirty broken windows, rotten floors. But at Kitsot, on the north coast of British Columbia, Canada, you'll find rows upon rows of immaculately kept houses, shopping centers, restaurants, banks, pubs, and theaters, all abandoned and sitting empty, but untouched and spotless. The town's lights are always on, the streets are lined with neatly trimmed trees, and there are freshly mowed lawns. That no one had called Kitsot home since 1982. The town of Kitsot, near the Alaskan border, suicided about 115 kilometers down the gravel road from town, had a brief existence. It began in 1979 as a community of workers of the Malibundum Mines. Malibundum forms hard, stable carabids and alloys, and is often used to provide hardness and corrosion-resistant properties to steel, but just as life was getting started in this spine mountain utopia, the market for Malipunjum crashed and the entire town of some 1,200 people, residents, abandoned it. This area of British Columbia at the end of the observatory inlet had been mined for precious and semi-precious materials such as silver, lead, zinc, and copper for nearly a century leading into the establishment of many boom towns such as Alice Arm in Onyx. Malibonum was first mined here from the late 60s until the early 70s, but was stopped when profits started to dip. But by the end of the decade, prices were back up again, as many of the known Malibonum disposals in Alaska and British Columbia in the western United States began to deplete. The American mining company Philip Phelps Dodds jumped in at the opportunity. A large swath of land, several hundred acres in size, was prepared for the town of Kitsot and a massive construction project on a scale that had never been seen in northern British Columbia began. Sips arrived with building supplies in the Kitsot's deep water flood. A gravel road from town was hastily built through the mountains. Engineers and construction workers poured in from all over North America, drawn by the high-paying construction jobs. More than a hundred single-family homes and duplexes were built, and seven apartment buildings with over 200 suits. There was a modern hospital and a shopping center restaurant. Banks, a post office, a pub, a pool, a library, and two recreation centers with desktops, sultans, and a theater. C- cable, cable televisions and phone lines were laid on the ground. There was a state-of-the-art sewage treatment plant in the cleanest running water in the province. Nearly 18 months after the first family set settled in, the Malibonum market crashed, caused by a badly timed recession in the arrival of Malibonum byproducts. The mines were closed and the people started moving out of Kitsot was forgotten. In 2005, an Indian-born American entrepreneur, Kiswan Sawatian, bought the town for $7 million and began charging its revival. Since then, the millionaire has poured an estimated $25 million on upgrades and upkeep. More than a dozen caretakers make rounds of the houses and other structures, checking on the conditions and making repairs. They mow the lawns, trim the trees, and sweep the streets. Satanian plans to recoup his investments by turning Kitsot into a hub of British Columbia's liquefied natural gas LNG industry. The future of the town depends on the success of this LNG project. Number 5. Stanley, British Columbia. Gold was found in 
nearby Lightning Creek in 1861, resulting in the towns of Stanley and Van Winkle springing up as part of the Cardio Gold Rush. Stanley is located in the Cabo region of British Columbia's center interior. Stanley was founded by following Highway 26 east of the city of Quinsil, a 45-minute long drive along Highway 26 passes by the approximately named Stanley Road on which the town of Stanley was located. Stanley was once a swollen population that surpassed the town of Barkley at the time due to the gold in the area. Passing by the vicinity, one would not even know that there was a bustling town full of gold-hungry prospectors and their families. A lone building is now being renovated is the little visible existence from the gravel world that there was anything ever there. Just a few steps into the now thick unbus reveals plenty of evidence that the town of Stanley and abundance of scrap wood, metal, and remnants of buildings that have seen burned in the bus and earth by the end of the 19th century, 1800s. Stanley had a population that surpassed the nearby town of Barkley. Over half of the population of Stanley consisted of Chinese. Last standing building in Stanley, the Lightning Hotel. Because of its longevity, much has been written about the Lightning Hotel from its arrival to its current site in 1873. It was originally brought down from the town of Richfield. During a great fire that destroyed most of the town, the building was saved by a bucket guard, then moved on skids from Richfield to its present location. The first prospector, William Houseman, locally nicknamed the Duke of York, renamed his Yorkville Saloon to the Lightning Hotel. The hotel had many owners from William Ells, John Lowe, William Morgan, and Len Field, also Superstaff and Certificate Hannah Williams, owned it until 1947 at the time of her death. There is some speculation that the hotel burned down in 1924 and was rebuilt on the on the on its original site from buildings purchased by Jimmy Williams. The at at the Deflect La Fortin mine during the early 1900s. And this in the wing, which was the mirror image of the original structure, was built, daunting the size of the building. The sedition had all the hallmarks of the building built in the 1920s, leading to future confusion of the date of the original building. The 1920s sedition disappeared sometime between 1970 and 1990, leaving the current structure all that remains of the Lightning House. The current construction bears all the traits of a building of the late 19th century. Hotels of the 18th century, 1800s, were no larger than the building currently In addition, the, a building such as the one that stands today would never have been found in a mining camp. It was purchased by prominent Vancouver mining executive Jack Lafon and his wife Nata, who opened it in 1967 for the ceremonial year. After that, the building was closed and suddenly fell into disrepair. 
within the second half of the building, built in the early 1900s, disappeared completely. In 1999, Jack and Nita LaFleur's son, Mark LaFleur, and his business partner, Lawrence Adams, took on the job of restoring the property by giving it a new foundation and securing its structurality. The work was done by Mr. Howard Berlin. The restructuring progress continued today. Stanley Cemetery Overlooking the town of Stanley is the old Stanley Cemetery located atop the hill. The graveyard holds some prospectors of the gold was ever, along with some later expired residents. At first glance, it looks, it seems as though some grave robbers may have dug up some of the pots and took the bones, but the graves belong to Chinese gold miners, whose remains were sent back to their birthplace. The old cemetery is gradually becoming a part of the land, as is the town of Stanley. Stan the Stanley Cemetery is maintained only by donations and souls in the deterioration. Occupying the Stanley Cemetery, Daisy Grinner, Moore Grinner, and Mary Grinner's first baby daughter. Mountain Pine Beetle in the Stanley Cemetery. The Kabu region of British Columbia was ravaged by the mountain pine beetle in which Stanley lies. In 2005, the beetle killed trees were harvested around the Stanley Cemetery, an area for the safety of visitors, and to reduce the threat of forest fire. In the process of logging, the beetle killed trees. The fencing surrounding the Stanley Cemetery and some of the individual burrow plots were damaged by the fallen tree. The damaged fencing was not repaired afterwards. In 2007, some minor restoration work was done to the area fencing. Number 6. Ocean Falls, British Columbia Ocean Falls is a community on the central coast of British Columbia, Canada. Formerly a large company town owned by Crown Zellerant, it is accessible only via boat or seaplane, and is home for a few dozen full-time residents with the seasonal population upwards to 100. Geography and Environment Ocean Falls is noted for its abundance of rain, about 4,390 millimeters or 172.8 inches annually, and its residents are sometimes referred to as the rain people. Sighted around a waterfall from Link Lake Strait into Cousins Inlet, it, is, it, it has sustainable energy resources that are largely untapped. History The Hitsuk native speaking people inhabited the coastal region surrounding Ocean Falls for more than 9,000 years. In 1903, the Bella Coola Pump and Paper Company surveyed the area and was inspired with the hydropower potential on the site. In 1906, following the company's accusation of 260 acres or 1.1 kilometers of land, clearing began for the town and three years later, a, smell, a, a sawmill, hospital and school were established in 1912. The dam was erected and the pump mill began operating. The Ocean Falls Pump and paper mill was the largest mill in British Columbia for many years. The mill produced mechanical sulfate and, and sulfate pump produced on two newsprint machines. Two craft paper machines and one tissue machine, much of the electrical power for the mill in the town were produced by four hydro turbines. Ocean Falls population numbered 250 in 1912 and grew to three. 
150,000 by 1950. By 1970, the number of inhabitants had dropped to 1,500. Only 70 people, mostly loggers, remained by 1990. The perfect structure of the original investment changed considerably during the mill's many years of operation. Low labor costs and expensive hydro power and low infrastructure costs made the Ocean Falls Mill a valuable prospection. Nevertheless, the remote location, rising labor costs, and the high cost of operating a town site made further investing unattractive. The Ocean Falls pump and paper mill was very large and complex production factory and modernization costs were prohibited. By the early 70s, 1970s, the factory was inefficient and, un, and, and uneconomical. The owner at the time, Crown Zellerbats, decided to close the plant and effectively shut down the town by March 1973. The, the private government bought the town and the mill at the minimum cost a few weeks before the planned closure and kept the mill operating until 1980. The Ocean Fall Mill thus joined the ranks of other older remote pump and paper mills in British Columbia, shut, shut down during the latter part of the 20th century. Today, much of the town has been demolished and many of the remaining buildings are in decay. Nevertheless, Ocean Falls retains a resident community and, and a social network of former residents. Several disasters have struck the town. A, a, major de a, a major apartment fire in 1950 killed eight people. A mudslide in 1965 killed seven. And the town's Charlinson school burnt down on the night between December 21st and 22nd, 1969. Although no one was seriously hurt in the school fire, the, the little community was traumatized nevertheless. The school was closed for only three days. Several teachers went to Bella to Bella Bella to obtain school decks and classes were held throughout the community. From the community center to the Royal Canadian Legion, Brant's pub grade twelve students to be a part of the Martin Inn, a six hundred bed hotel, a new school with one of the largest indoor gym gymnasiums in British Columbia opened in nineteen seventy one. Economy and infrastructure. At its largest, Ocean Falls was home to around 3,900 people, a K-12 school system, its own hospital, one of the Providence's largest hotels, and a swimming pool with several swimming champions trained. Ocean Falls was a typical single employer town where the company operated and maintained a complete town site. A town site manager working in a town site office managed the allocation of apartments and houses on benefit of the people living in the town. Utilities such as water, electricity, and heat were subsidized by the company. The winter cost of accommodation was also quite reasonable, permitting the residents of Ocean Falls to live there inexpensively. In the nearby Mount Martin Valley, where residents could purchase their own single-family houses, however, in most cases, the company offered a buyback option to protect the purchaser. The town consisted of a blend of fairly large apartments, duplexes, and single-family homes. Most of the buildings were, were located on a fairly steep slope of the uh, Carmino Mountain. The town's main store and several other smaller businesses were located along the harbor front, the Ocean Falls Courthouse, the Legion Hall, and the Royal Canadian 
Mounted Police Building and the post office were also in the harbor area. Most of the roads heading up the hill away from the harbor area were heavily constructed t- timber roads. These roads were capable of carrying large vehicles such as trucks or fire engines. They, there were very few cars in town and usually only one taxi cab. Most of the cars were owned by the people who lived in Martin Valley. The harbor was well protected from most wind directions and there was plenty of dark space for locals as well as visiting boaters. The harbor was kept during so that deep sea ships could line up at the mill's paper mills at the mill's paper warehouses where the floating planes arriving and departing every day. Larger amphibious planes such as Gunman Goose and Marlots were flying passengers in from Vancouver and other larger settlements. The town was also served by firefighters which would bring in supplies from Vancouver. The only cruise ship that ever caught at Ocean Falls was Holland American's SS Waterdam on May 18th. 1997. The ship was chartered by a British Columbia tour operator, Wells Great Tours. The town had only 50 residents, but they successfully hosted 1,100 visitors. There was hope that other Alaskan-bound cruise ships would start to visit Ocean Falls, but it never happened. On October 6, 2019, the 400-passenger MW Subban Sojourn Crews off Ocean Falls in an unexpected visit when its planned day at Kimu, British Columbia, was cancelled due to the weather, but no one went ashore. There is sign on the boat that reads, July 13th, 1929. Give to the world the best you have, and the best will come back to you. Willie Bentler. The town is now home to a Bitcoin mining operation due to the available of electricity that would otherwise be un- not be utilized. After the shutdown of the pump mill, only one third of the privately owned dam's power c- capacity was in use. All this is all that was needed to do by, by the powered communities of Ocean Falls, Sailwater, and, and Bella Bella. There are no power lines connecting the dam to North American Power Grid, thus there is no opportunity to sell power anywhere other than local communities.